Hi guys, my name is Leanne Little and I'm all about stories. I read them, write them, watch them, anything with a story. I love it. I've even been known to get on board with some commercials. I especially love sharing stories with other people and what better way is there than to start with the classics? I mean, they're classics for a reason, right? They're fantastic. They're awesome. So of course, my first thought was to share them with you. Don't forget to hit up all those fancy buttons. Like, subscribe, follow, share, whatever you need to do, but most importantly, don't be afraid to reach out. I would love to connect with you, so hit up those comments, or you can even head over to my website, leannelittle.com, to message me directly. So far, my episodes have been pretty straight to the point, meaning that I get right into the story, so I thought that I would do recap episodes every so often. This does two different things. This gives those of you who maybe aren't caught up an easy way to do so, but it also gives me a chance to connect with you and get into my thoughts about what we've read. So this recap goes over chapters 1 through 5. In chapter 1, The Arrival, Marseille, Edmond Dantes arrives in Marseille on a merchant ship called the Ferion. Throughout this chapter, we find out that the captain of this ship, Captain Leclerc, has died, more than that, on his deathbed, he stated his last wishes to Edmond, who unfortunately followed through. The fact that he did ends up causing him untold amounts of grief. This is because Edmond was asked to stop at the island of Elba, where at that point Napoleon was exiled and Edmond was asked to deliver a package there. Anyone stopping there would have been branded a traitor and Edmond had spent a day and a half there. When the Ferion gets back to Marseille, we also meet Monsieur Morel, who is Edmond's boss and the owner of the ship, who had no idea what happened to it. Edmond fills Monsieur Morel in on the entire situation, and we learn that Monsieur Morel is a Bonapartist and forgives Edmond the delay. So by Bonapartist, I mean that he supported Napoleon, so he's really not upset at all that Edmond had stopped at the island to deliver that package. But unfortunately, the ship's supercargo, which is the ship owner's representative, whose name is Danglar, doesn't approve of this, and he's also jealous of the fact that Edmond is also made captain of the ship because of Captain Leclerc's death. Danglar also has knowledge that Edmond was given a second letter to deliver to Paris. And at this point, Edmond leaves, hurrying to visit his father and his girlfriend Mercedes to see how they're doing. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction to this series, I am fascinated with why this wouldn't work today and how it could possibly be done in modern times, and these thoughts happen from right from this very first chapter, so why wouldn't this chapter work? First off, Monsieur Morel would have known exactly what was going on with the Ferion. It would have had GPS, satellite phones, radio, all kinds of tracking technology. Monsieur Morel would have been notified in some way about what happened to Captain Leclerc as well as the stop at Elba. Besides that, the Coast Guard likely would have been called when Captain Leclerc got sick in the first place. Now, my next wonderings lead me to the stop at Elba, where it's likely that an exiled leader would not be exiled at all nowadays. They would likely be in prison or dead, honestly, but if for some reason they were exiled, that place would be so fortified that I would be surprised that anyone could get within 10 kilometers of it without being escorted away by the military, or worse. In Chapter 2, Father and Son, Edmond visits his dad who, like Monsieur Morel, he didn't know what was up with Edmond. 
Edmond turns up to find his dad going without certain things you would expect at that time, which primarily is wine. This is because Dantes had left his father money, but the neighbor, Caderousse, had claimed a debt that Edmond owed him. So Monsieur Dantes paid him out of the money Edmond had given him and run out of money. So Edmond immediately gives him more cash and starts talking about his promotion to captain and then what they could do with the money that that will bring in. And at this point, Caderousse walks in and I definitely get the impression that Edmond thinks he's two-faced. Saying one thing while thinking another is how Alexandre Dumas put it in the book. Anyways, they talk for a bit, going over Edmond's debt, the niceties of Caderousse having lent the money, Edmond having paid it off, etc. By the end of it, Edmond wants to go visit Mercedes, but Caderousse has put a bug in his ear about she has no shortage of suitors and talks about her cousin Fernand, who is seriously crushing on her. As Edmond leaves, Caderousse does as well, and he hangs out with Danglar. Danglar grills Caderousse about what all Edmond had talked about, from money to the promotion, and again, Mercedes. As the conversation progresses, it's very clear that Danglar is jealous. The two end up going down to the pub, and then that's where the chapter leaves off. There's just a couple of things in this chapter that I would have a problem with if it were to happen nowadays. One is that, like Monsieur Morel, Monsieur Dantes would know about the Ferion and Edmond because of the technology that we have available now. Another is the money situation. Edmond, likewise, would have been in contact with his dad in some way and would have already known that he was out of money, so he probably would have e-transferred it to his dad to make up for it, so I really don't think that part would be realistic to happen now either, unless, for some reason, his dad didn't say anything about it. Chapter 3, The Catalans, is finally when we get to meet Mercedes, who we've heard about so many times already. She's hanging out in her house with Fernand, her cousin, who is absolutely in love with her. He's so jealous of Dantes and their love, and he is throwing out everything he can think of. Maybe Dantes died, or maybe he wasn't faithful. He even used cultural customs trying to turn her against Edmond and towards him. She is not having any of it. She's feisty. She basically tells him to stop being a jerk. She is always going to love Edmond. If he died, so would she. Ignoring her feelings for Edmond, she also mentions that all of the help Fernand has given her in the past feels a lot like charity. He's almost to the point of being sick over his jealousy, and he's refusing to take no for an answer. Still. Before they can really start fighting about it, Edmond arrives. He and Mercedes have an incredibly romantic reunion with Fernand sounding like he's going to pass out, he's so jealous. Edmond, a smart guy, realizes that Fernand is a foe even though Mercedes tries to convince him otherwise. Fernand runs out of the house and ends up at the pub with Caderousse and Danglar, and they start grilling him about his situation with Mercedes. They even run into the happy couple as they walk by the pub and they start talking of getting married ASAP, and that's just another nail in the coffin for Fernand. And what hurts even more is that he's invited to the wedding. Dantes mentions that after the wedding, he'll be heading out to Paris because Captain Leclerc's last wish was for him to deliver another letter, and that's where the chapter ends. There's not too much here that needs to be updated except for the standard so far that somehow Mercedes would have known that Edmond was thinking of her when he was gone, that the ferry on is back, and all kinds of stuff like that. 
Chapter 4, Conspiracy, is the true beginnings of Edmond's sufferings. It focuses on Danglar, Caderousse, and Fernand, basically as they get hammered at the bar. As their evening progresses, Danglar keeps feeding Caderousse even more booze, trying to get him too drunk to care about the conversation, maybe too drunk to even remember anything that happened that night. This conversation boils down to Danglar encouraging Fernand to do something about Edmond, and that he could even do it without killing him, which would, in turn, kill Mercedes. He starts letting on that there is a way to get rid of Edmond to jail instead of death, so he'd be gone forever, giving Edmond opportunity to get with Mercedes. The drunker Caderousse gets, the more into the plan Danglar gets. Danglar writes up a letter denouncing Edmond as a Bonapartist. He uses his non-dominant hand to disguise the writing and even addresses it to the king's attorney. Before anything can be done with it, Danglar basically passes it off as a joke, balls it up, and throws it into a corner. They all leave, though, and when Danglar looks back, he sees Fernand pick up the letter. The one thing that sticks out for me is the disguising of the writing. Now, for one thing, it is highly unlikely that something like this would be handwritten. It would either be typed or it would be sent as an anonymous phone call. Most likely the phone call, just because it's more convenient. The final chapter of this recap is Chapter 5, The Marriage Feast. And that one is all about Mercedes and Edmond's engagement party. And it is a really short turnaround between the party and their marriage. They're getting married later that day. Edmond and Mercedes have their party with friends, fellow sailors, soldiers, all kinds of people, including the three from Chapter 4. Fernand, much to his dismay, ends up being Edmond's attendant. And the most notable guest, though, of the entire party is Monsieur Morel, which at that time, having your boss show up to your wedding feast, it was a huge, huge honor. And throughout the party, we noticed two different things. One is Danglar misses absolutely nothing in his observations of the party. Two is Fernand acts more and more and more strange throughout. He is super nervous, really jumpy, kind of sketchy. It's like he's waiting for something. Caderousse approaches Danglar, and we realize that, yeah, he was hammered yesterday, but he wasn't too drunk to forget the entire night. He knows what they were planning. Danglar assures him that it was just a game, he didn't mean anything by it, but soldiers show up, and they ask for Edmond and arrest him. They don't give a reason, but they do say it's likely that Edmond missed something on the ship's customs paperwork or something like that. Brush it off as something small is basically what they did. And Morel follows as they escort Edmond out to get more details out of them. Throughout this, Caderousse knows something's up. Danglar tries convincing him that he tore up the letter, but Caderousse doesn't believe him. He knows Fernand had something to do with it. He argues with Fernand about it right up till the end of the chapter. The reigning theory about why Edmond was arrested is that he smuggled something in on the ship, but... Monsieur Morel bursts that bubble when he comes back and tells everyone that he's being charged with being a Bonapartist. Upon having a conversation later on with Monsieur Morel, Danglar learns that he will become the interim captain until Dantes comes home. So basically, Danglar gets everything that he's wanted at this point. And that brings us to the end of that chapter and the end of this recap. So again, don't be shy about hitting all of those like, share, follow, subscribe buttons. I love hearing from you guys, so hit up those comments, 
And again, you can even contact me directly on my website, leannelittle.com, which is L-I-A-N-E-L-I-T-T-L-E.com. And there's also a lot of other cool stuff on there, some of my own work and additional content as well. And I hope you stop by and visit the site. And thank you so, so much for joining me today. Remember, it's all about the stories. Have a great day.